His Royal Majesty. How are you today? Hey, I'm good and you, friend. <laughs> I'm <as> well. <laughs> I'm not good. sure what title to use. Are we going to go royalty? <laughs> are we going to go doctor? Are we going to go the champ? <laughs> Which whichever one you're comfortable with, that's the one I'm happy with. <laughs> Thank you so much. Welcome. How's things been on your end? Not bad, not bad. It's been uh, you know, this um uh, it's been a very testing time for 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 entrepreneurs generally um around the world, not even the country. So, um uh for me also it's been um it's been the time where everybody wants to to get you involved in here, what do we need to do? What is happening? Is there hope? Is there any light at the end of this? So people are a little bit uh, nervous. So it has it has kept me very busy um, from that end. Yeah. Yeah, I think the anxiety is on a high level everywhere. I think this week to the you know to the to the latter part of last week and this week, I think. just my phone's been going off the hook with entrepreneurs that are really in panic mode um you know the uncertainty is really getting to them it has been 25 days lucas it is i i'm beginning to bite my nails to be honest with you because you know you almost don't we don't have the answers right now what we do know is that the norm as we know it is not going to be but what we can do is stick to what we know in terms of the you know business trajectory essentially Correct. and just apply the basic principles you know mm. just make sure that the basics are applied all the time but let's introduce ourselves to our to our guests um so hi guys thanks thanks for joining us uh, martin solomon um founder and ceo of zanzi financial education and media um a basic education um organization that particularly focuses on the entrepreneurship realm within south africa and i'm joined this evening with my dear friend um his royal highness his royal majesty sorry mr <laughs> and dr and the tramp lucas manoy um lucas and i go back a little while uh, met on set with making moves as well he's as passionate as i am in terms of entrepreneurship and um you know we've been championing this alongside each you know in the forefront for for many many years um but lucas is one of those that you can actually just count on to give you solid 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 advice i mean he's he's authored a few books as well um which was very helpful to me as an entrepreneur and he's always got the painful truth as advice but not because of him trying to be you know out of the ordinary or trying to show off because he's gone through it himself i mean he'll he'll tell you a little bit about himself about making millions losing millions making them again losing them again you know all of those types of stuff it's really humbling stuff so when we're going to be talking tonight please know that i hope you have your 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 notebooks ready because please know that um you know the the advice or the guidance that that we are going to be giving you is not just us um sucking our thumbs we've we've literally gone through it a few times um and painstakingly so so the floor is yours his royal med thank you thank you martin thank you <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a big introduction um <laughs> it's 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 lucas and uh and good evening to to perhaps to everyone and uh let me not say evening there might be people that are watching and it's in the morning and that but good day um look i have been in the space of entrepreneurship for for quite a long time um i got introduced to the space at a very young age and it was at the age of about uh, 18 years when i got into entrepreneurship um and um having built my very first uh, multi-million rand business at the age of 23 um and then went through three bankruptcies in the in that space um you know by the time i was 35 i had seen about 35 bankrupt and uh, three bankruptcies at 35 so that it, it's been a very a very uh bumpy ride but um something that i have enjoyed i i couldn't have chosen anything else um i couldn't have chosen to do anything else with my life um and um as a result 
I sort of uh, then dedicated really my life to assisting entrepreneurs with their struggles and making sure that uh, they don't get to go through some of the problems, some of the mistakes that I have done in business. So that is what was uh, very important for me. Um, you know, I say every time that my philosophy is that uh, I, I will definitely, um, when I die, will be a billionaire, but it will not be in my bank account. It will be through the amount of millionaires that I would have created in the world. And that is where my focus is. Um, it's no longer about me. It's no longer about uh, how much fortunes can I gather but it's about how much can I liberate people, how the legacy that I can, I can leave behind and, and not money, not, not cars, um, not houses, because uh, in Your three bankruptcies. That's all I want. I want the roles. That's all I want. <laughs> and that's still there. <laughs> so, you know, for, for me, it's been that. It's been that um, how, how much money can one have? How much houses can you own? How much cars can you own? Um, you've got to get to the stage where you are beyond that and your life and your purpose in life, it's no longer marked by what can you achieve for yourself, but more for others. So yeah, it's, 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 been, it's been really that, that, that road. Um, it continues to be a, a learning curve for me because every single entrepreneur that you speak with that comes to you with, with challenges and problems, you, you sort of learn something new from their experiences and that, because even though that uh, it is the same lesson, it never comes the same way all the time. So, you know, I, I always say that and that you, you can never know enough in this space and one has got to always keep an open mind um, and an open heart you know, because uh, if you do your business with only the mind and you leave the heart out of it, you become like many of the corporates that we see in the country that does great business with their minds, but their hearts are not found in that business. And we can see in the impact that they have in the lives of people, we can see um, the negative impact they have. We can see the number of lives uh, their operations uh, destroy. Um, because they are great business people um, with their mind and not with uh, with their heart. Yeah, so it's marrying head and heart, right? The perfect, yeah, the perfect mix. Um, very tough uh, message to bring across to um, to corporate South Africa. I think you know how how we fight on a daily basis. It's hard, but at least we're getting somewhere. So yeah. you know what, Lucas, I think, you know, what, what, is, what is extremely concerning to me uh, at the moment is uh, some five years ago, we went through a process of radical economic transformation, revitalization of rural and township economies. Um, and we've really, we've really been, you know, I've certainly, and I know you have as well, we've certainly been very active within our communities and we've seen some growth. My biggest fear today is that everything that we've done in the last five years is literally scrapped off the table and everybody's starting from ground zero. Um, it's a scary phenomenon because we've really made good progress, yet those businesses were not at a mature stage yet to be able to survive COVID-19. I read a report that was written um, um, by... Um, I can't even remember, but one of one of the reports that were written in the last few days is to say that already um, it's estimated that fifty five thousand businesses will be would have lost everything by now, and that results into three hundred and twenty four thousand jobs. Yeah, yeah. My friend, I'm. I'm Panicking. I, I mean, honestly, I'm panicking. So, what do we say to entrepreneurs out there, mm. Martina? I think I think the you know the, the painful truth. It's the fact that a business that has been running for the past two years, it's probably going to close its doors now because of a lockdown that was only a month, and. Um, and that's what I say to entrepreneurs every time. 
do you are you in a position that you can carry your business for the next coming six months because that's the healthy space to be in as a business where you are able to carry that business through for the next coming six months without your um client your customers being able to pay you and everything and that you can carry that business but the reality and the truth is that very small percentage of businesses can be able to say that a very small percentage can say yes i can carry this business for six months yes i can carry this business for three months let alone that yes i can carry this business if a payment is seven days late so so that is the reality of small businesses in the country and um we, we th this reason has been that um sort of in our economy entrepreneurship has always been that one thing that you fall to when you have failed in a job so entrepreneurship in the country it's not the number one thing it's that thing that people go into when they didn't get to go to businesses, when they didn't get to go to university, when they didn't get their dream job. When they, and because of all those things, then you fall back to a business. You know, oh, everything else failed, so I might just as well as be an entrepreneur. So the unfortunate situation is that we are sitting with entrepreneurs that are not entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurs that are unemployed. And that's the danger of it. And this is what I've been speaking to, I've been advocating, I've been fighting for, that we need to get to the point where we have created entrepreneurs that have got solutions to the global problems instead of people that are unemployed and they are working for themselves in order so that they can have something to eat. And that is the majority of small businesses that we have in the country. And unfortunately... Those type of small businesses are the ones that die first in a situation like this. And because that makes up the bigger chunk of our SMME market, of our entrepreneurship market, we are going to see a lot of them closing down. Um, and that's, that's, that's unfortunately where it is. So my thing has always been, from when a person is... Uh, 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 born and dead, they are being told, being trained, being nurtured to get a job, get a job, grow up so that you can go to school and get a job. And they get into a school and they are told, study, study well so that you can pass well and get a good job. And then they get to varsity and they are told, take a very good course that's going to get you a decent job so that you get a good salary. And they get into the varsity, they get that degree and they get into a job. Now, when that is being disrupted and the job is not there and they are forced to go into a business and that nobody ever prepared them for that type of environment. Nobody ever said to them, you are going not to have a job, you are going to create jobs. So they go in there and even they are understanding their perception, their demeanor, how they operate it's not an entrepreneurship operation. It's of a person that, has, that is in a job. So when it's five o'clock, I need to go home. When the money comes in and I have got many things to pay, the first thing that I need to pay is myself because I've got a job. Now, we need to start at 20 years ago. We needed to start building entrepreneurs that understand what it means to be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs that understood their space in an economy, that they are a critical part of an economy that about between 45 to 60 percent and probably 70 percent in some countries of the jobs that are there are created by entrepreneurs. And yeah. if we got into that space and into that understanding, then it would have been very different how we... Uh, engage with entrepreneurship in, in that sort of way. Yeah, that's true. I mean, 47% of our economy um, is uh, supported by entrepreneurs with five employees and less. And I think, you know, it's, it's obviously from that perspective that when I, you know, you and I share, share the same sentiment in terms of 
the the reversal of our socio psychology but for me you know uh, we're not seeing enough implementation of stem programs for entrepreneurs right so that's that's one topic but the other topic lucas for me is what contingencies are we going to do what what do we take what contingencies do we take right now yeah. you know i know it's late i know these guys are not prepared i know that they you know it's 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 tough for them there's panic there's and you know me coaching i coached i coached 17 new entrepreneurs today just coming online you know sending me messages inbox messages to say i'm thinking i'm you know i'm i'm feeling i'm you know there there's there was attempts to to say i might as well take my life that is the yeah. anxieties that our yeah. entrepreneurs are sitting with at the moment what do we say to them i and you know it's very difficult because we don't have the answers but what is the contingencies that we can say you know what if you just follow these elements then you're going to be okay now the one thing that i struggle with is that i'm still not seeing relief and i'd like you to touch on that as well please i'm still not seeing relief for our and i hate to use this word because as informal as those entrepreneurs are in south africa they are actually formally um you know uh, um they form as we call you know in in the business world we call these um entrepreneurs informal entrepreneurs because they're not compliant they don't have blah 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 but the reality of it is they still formally contribute towards the growth of our economy because it's it's assisting in that ecosystem mm. where we where we work so mm. what 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 contingencies can we can we you know can we can we say we really need to focus on and to follow as entrepreneurs through this difficult time as tough as it is um there the first thing that entrepreneurs would need to do now martin is to go and shed the load okay in a space like this you can't be swimming with the load it's difficult to carry yourself at the moment carrying load with you becomes a problem and when i say load i'm not saying go and fire your employees no don't do that because uh, responsible businesses don't fire people at this time responsible businesses find a way on keeping people when times are like this but what needs to happen at this moment it's that now they need to go back and say what are the things that i'm sitting with which i don't need so the first one is that when this lockdown is finished do i need an office so no i don't need an office i can operate from home scrap office i'm going to my garage the second thing becomes do i need all those memberships that i've taken and uh, subscribe uh, subscription services that i have and that no i don't need some of the subscription services and then go write them off so do i need to have taken a um um telephone that i was using and contract phones and that no i don't need that i can probably get into a prepaid now scrapper so you need to now go back and say what are the things that are most critical to the business life at this moment and which ones were really the luxuries to that business at that stage and cut out the luxuries so that you are left with the core of what the business is uh you know taking clients out for dinners and lunches and meeting people in restaurants for meetings and that is gone scrap that off some of your meetings you don't now need to even go to this meetings and that here we are at this moment you there i'm here and everyone that has joined us and we're talking so we need to get to that and say all right now what we need to do Here it is so mobilize those resources you know get into the space where you say i need to do this i need to be effective i need to be efficient more than anything else and once you have done that then you move into the second thing and you say to yourself and this is what um, people deem controversial and i say to them it's not controversial it's the truth it's why you need to go and say how much part of my business should now be owned by those i'm working with if you are an entrepreneur and you own 100% of your business you've got a problem because you are not an entrepreneur 
So you need to go back now and say, can I now make 15% of this business available to those employees that have given themselves to this business? And in that regard, you come in and say, guys, I've got 15% that is available. And with this 15% that is available, I'm probably not going to be able to pay the salaries that I've been paying you for the past year and that. But I've got this 15%. And this is how we're going to distribute this 15% to you guys so that you are shareholders. But this is the part the, the, the percentage of the salary that you are going to sacrifice in order to acquire those shares. So you need also to be innovative in your solutions that you are coming with, but you are going to have to be a thinking entrepreneur at this yeah. time. That yeah. innovation has got to come out. It has got to show. So those are some of the things that you're going to have to start taking. You know, do I need all the cars that do I use? How much stuff is sitting in the office that we don't really use and that we are paying for that is costing us money? So share all those things and that. Um, look into giving shares to your employees in exchange for a lesser salary and such things. Because if, if it's our business, we will all carry it. But if it's your business, Martin, you carry it. We want our money. So we've got to start thinking better as entrepreneurs and that. And the third thing that I want them to go into now, it's, it's going and saying, do I have continuity planning? And this they should have probably done 12 months ago. But it's okay, they didn't do it. But we are here now. What is your business continuity? And, and I say every time, Take it as simple as business continuity. It's just an advanced planning or preparation which you undertake to ensure that when you find yourself in an emergency situation that the organization is still able to operate. So you need to go back and say, what is our continuity planning? So how do I communicate with my clients if the office was to bend down? Because, yes, we now have got uh, COVID-19, but this could have been just your office burning down, okay. you know? And I say to people, you think COVID-19 is a worst-case scenario? No, it's not. Because you're still going to go back to your office. Your files are still there. Everything is still there. Imagine it in a sense that what if my office bent down? How would I communicate with my clients? Do I even know who those clients are? Do I have their contact details and that? How do I ensure that the service or the product that I was giving is still provided during the time that I'm still trying to stabilize, get a new office, get myself together? Am I still able to give my service and products? How do I support my employees during that time? Because that's the, the basic key of, of continuity. How do I support them? Because if you fail to support them at the time that you are going through the difficult time, guess what? You are going to lose them. And when you get your act together and you go back, they are no longer there. They've looked for employment somewhere else. So how do you support them? Um, you know, how, the required technology that I would need if I get into that space. What is the required technology? So many people would have known that all oh, the required technology that I would need would be things like Zoom, things like uh, uh, you know Instagram that that I'm able to. I can give a class still. I didn't have to close my school, and this continuity planning it's very key because if even at the government phase they thought about continuity before this. Kids would not even have lost one day of school because it would have just been saying that, okay, guys, because you are unable to go back to class, tomorrow school is still opening, but we are opening online. And it's not a difficult thing. And people are saying, what do we do with uh, data? What do we, other people don't have data? And that every single household in South Africa has got a DSTV, no matter how poor they are, and, but they have DSTV. DSTV is a satellite, it's a satellite savers. So we can be able to give internet access with that. Schooling could have still happened. So such things, what technologies do I need as a business to make sure that in that case of a problem, I'm still able to operate? Look at the processes. 
work around the processes in case i was to be in that environment what processes would i need to keep on going if my technology was not there what processes would i need um where would i relocate the business if it was to bend down and that's why i'm sitting and saying it shouldn't be do i need an office no i've got a garage at home go to the garage at home stop yeah. worrying about the fancy office in Santin. So look at those things and say, eh, what processes are dependent on each other? And which ones can we bring together? Um, do I need people to even come to the office or can they work remotely at home? So I don't understand at this moment why many of businesses even closed. Because many of the businesses that closed and that are not going to be able to go back and open in the next two weeks shouldn't even have closed their doors because they didn't need to be at the office in the first place. Right. So, so, so that is very important. So did I lose any day in the time? No, I actually gained time. So in the, in the 25 days that we've been on lockdown, I probably have gained another 25 days. So I've had 50 waking days when people lost 25 working days. Because I set up immediately when lockdown was introduced, before we even went on lockdown, I already started setting up my office at home. I already started migrating things, moving things. And when they said lockdown, I was still serving my clients. Every morning I'm still having meetings with my clients. I'm still doing what they I'm still coaching, I'm still mentoring. We are here now on this platform and we're still doing what we do for entrepreneurs. I'm still sending emails. I'm still speaking with clients abroad. So it's very important and very key that I don't need now to stand in front of people in a conference to train them about business. I've got a Zoom. Now when I finish this meeting, I've got a Zoom a group that I'll be doing um, um, operations management with. So it's, it's those key things to say, if my office was to bend down tomorrow, how would I still continue with this yeah. business? And I need now entrepreneurs to go back and do that this evening because don't rest assured that the lockdown will be over next week because mm -hmm. next week there might be another announcement to say we're extending another 14 days. What then? Yeah. So you yeah. can't keep on waiting for this to end because if it doesn't end, it's going to end you. So what you need to start doing now, you need to start thinking and saying, starting from today, this evening, it's not yet late. What am I doing tomorrow to make sure that when lockdown finishes, this business does not close down? That there's still relevance, yeah. I love that you've touched on on the shareholding. It's it's a topic that I'm really, really, um, you know, um, exploring and researching at the moment, um, because you know, even and we just have to look at the German economy. That is how the German economy got to the strength of where it was because of co-determination, and and you know, um, your latent they used the latent potential within their organizations to build these massive, massive companies. So the shareholding is shareholders and workers, um, you know, and, and I don't think we have that culture in South Africa as yet, but it's a perfect time for us to all go and look at those cultures right now. And I think, you know, just from my perspective over what I've been, I've been trying to just go through coaching and stuff, um, you know, just to stay abreast at the moment. It's really like Andile was saying earlier on, we really have to think out of the box right now. And we're not going to do it. Those businesses that are running in silos, they unfortunately, it's going to be very difficult unless they have a very niche product or service that they're offering. It's almost impossible that we are going to survive on our own. You know, Correct. and... You know, I, I just want—I just want your opinion around it, Lucas. How do you see? Um, you know, how, how would a, a typical business structure? I mean, I, I understand that we must take our, our latent potential, and you know, we must encompass it towards a co-determination approach. So I get that. But what do we then have strong 
service levels in place to say because now you're giving 15% of a business that you've that you've built i mean you know how we blood sweat and tears we put yeah. millions and millions into our businesses reinvested lost came back you know all of those how do you circumvent that you give percentages to people and they they still don't perform because then you've been 15% away of something that you've worked really really hard to or hard for um how how do you how how do we do how do we get to that point because that's what I'm struggling with at the moment Martin here's the thing i always say to people that 100% of zero is zero yeah you know and uh we come from the school that says i've got to own 100% of this then it's mine but if you own 100% of it and it's zero you still have got zero so yeah. Um uh, what I've always done in 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 my businesses when I start a business has always been that take 15% and put it in a trust. So we take 15%, we put it in a trust and we say that is an employee's trust. Now the employee's trust um means that the employees own the shares but they don't own those shares personally to the point that they can walk away and sell those shares. but they own those shares to the point that they are able to get something out of those shares so so then the employee's trust owns 15% and then you take the 10% and you put it into the into a foundation a do good uh, vehicle and then you know that i have got a do good function in this business so the 15% employees the 10% is the foundation the good the do good foundation of the organization and then you are left then with the 75% and in that 75% i say every time 15% of it you really are reserving it for someone that comes to invest comes with money and puts money into the business and that and that's what you put that's what you put there for raising capital it's always there it's always sitting there so that's 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 how i always advise to structure your business now if you've put it in the trust people then understand that it is not um about just the shares that they get sitting there they understand that I need to work for them because those shares belongs to the trust and every year the trust will nominate the beneficiaries who needs to come to the trust and benefit from the trust and that nomination will be done according to the performance of individuals you will not be telling them them as the employees of the business will be saying that who needs to be in this because of the performance that they can see and that way everybody works to to get an opportunity to be part of the employee's trust but when you've done it in that way it becomes our business and everyone in their laps they talking about our business and not your business so that's sort of how we need to structure it and in times like this a disruption like this is very good because a disruption like covid-19 like this it's not helping us to even think outside the box it's actually helping us to bend the box to throw the box away so we don't even thinking outside the box the box does not exist we've bend it now so that's exactly what we needed because the south african um smme market the south african entrepreneurship uh, space and that needed that shock it needed that change and we needed to understand the impact that those businesses have in the economy and for us it's a double whammy because now also our economy was not doing good anyway before it so now we we're feeling a double whammy than anyone else and this is why now we need to act much different than everybody else and we need to start getting the, the that mindset of the people in your organization getting that mindset going every single time i speak to small businesses about training people they are afraid to train people because they say <laughs> what if i train these people and they leave and i say to them what if you don't train them and they stay because for me that's more dangerous Yeah. So other than train them and they leave than have them staying and untrained. So you need to train them to think as shareholders. 
You need to train them to think as you. You need to have them to be better in business than you are. Stop yeah. fearing that if they become better, they will go start their own thing. They will not necessarily go and start their own thing. They see that you've already started a good thing and they will stay with a good thing because they know and they can share the vision. So make yeah. sure that the people understand the vision. If they understand the vision, they will understand how to take care of the shares that you give into them. But if they don't share the vision, if they are not capacitated, you then have got dead wood that you need to carry in difficult times like this. Yeah, I totally agree. And now the last uh, very controversial topic that I want us to chat about. So I, I, I agree, Andile, absolutely. We, we've always got to level up our people. We've got to take the level up approach. Um, yeah. you know, and, and encourage them. And it's it's creating that corporate culture within your small business or your, you know, your business culture. I totally, totally agree with that. But Lucas, you know, with uncertain times ahead, how do we, what is this, you know, this is a very controversial topic I'm going to, I'm going to be raising right now, but governments and corporates are going to have to pull in. What do we want to see things being done differently. I mean, I know in my head how, what I would like to see differently, you know, how yeah. things get approached. It's painful for us to sit on the end that we are right now yeah. um, and see that, you know, 20 odd years later, we're still not prepared. Um, you know, but how, what do we see? What, what do we want to see? Or what would you like to see government and corporates doing differently? <laughs> We apart are, from, we are, apart from, from, July, from Nelson Mandela Day, I call it the sandwich day. I can't. My friend, I can't. We, I we are at a space where nonsense has got to stop. Uh, pretending has got to stop. Um, you know, there's a, there's a book um, a colleague uh, had written. It's called The Startup Revolution. It's written by uh, Rosh Mamabulo. Yes. Um, the startup revolution. Yeah. And he's talking about um, a, a new revolution of entrepreneurs. And that's what we need now. We need a revolution of entrepreneurs. We need a revolution of entrepreneurs that, one, understand that it's important to pay our taxes and understand that it is important to be compliant because those taxes are the ones that are helping the economy to be able to carry us as entrepreneurs and create opportunities and that we need that. But also now we're at a stage where as entrepreneurs, we need to hold our leadership accountable for things. So when Minister Nchabeni said, uh, look, uh, uh, I am the minister of small business and that, and I love it because she's a minister that has been an entrepreneur herself. And people need to come in and say, it seems like you've forgotten your days of entrepreneurship because... The laws that speaks about entrepreneurship in the country are not the laws that are still favorable. Um, so um, what are we saying? We can't sit there and keep on saying to businesses that, uh, you know, level one, level two, level three, BEE, and that, that is nonsense because when I'm level one or level 20, it does nothing for me. Okay. What will change entrepreneurs, what will change the landscape is that so much percentage of your income as corporate so much of your turnover has got to be spent on small business so as long as we are stepping on eggs and that and try to be nice and that we're not going to go anywhere government needs to take stance like that to sit and say look um we need 20 percent 30 percent of your turnover of of your buying power to be spent in entrepreneurs we need uh municipalities to start having saying the local bylaws that if you operate in this municipality, the local bylaws are that 20%, 30% of your fresh produce must be from the local farmers. If we want serious change and real impactful change, that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to talk about laws that brings the difference. This whole nonsense of people coming in and uh, buying T-shirts and, and going and taking their coffee mugs branded by their names and that uh, and give clothes that are branded by their, by, by their names as if they are doing a political rally and that, it's not going to help anyone. 
We need people that are going to capacitate entrepreneurs, and that capacitation means money. Entrepreneurs don't need your goodwill. Entrepreneurs need your budget. And after that, entrepreneurs <laughs> need to be paid. So away with this thing of, uh, yeah, you know, we'll pay you, we need to... No, why you pay me 30 days? At times, I need to be paid in advance. So, so we need to come to such things where government and cooperative really put their penny where their big mouth is. So if you're sitting and you are saying, um, we want to do this, we want, let us see it with you first. Take an entrepreneur and say to this entrepreneur, we want you to supply this much, but we know that you don't have capacity to supply that much. So as a matter of fact, we are going to be giving you so much money in advance for that stock so that you can, we're going to pay your 50% in advance so that you are able to get stock in it. Those are the things that we are going to need to see real change. And that is going to take entrepreneurs that are not afraid, entrepreneurs that are radical, entrepreneurs that are revolutionary to go out there and say, this is what needs to happen. And I've said it many times and I'm not afraid and I'll keep on saying it whether I'm liked or not. It needs to change. Yeah. 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 And, you know, for me, it's important that, you know, I, I know that the scorecard thing is driving me nuts, Lucas, because there's no clear interpretation of how things must be spent. There's legislation to say you must spend certain amounts on this. And, you know, it just gets distorted at the end of the day. So there's really no clarity because it's also changing on a weekly basis. There's always a change. There's always a difference. There's always a something. And the reality of it is, for me, it's what you said. You know, spend the money with the small businesses because they, while you're training them. So, you know, I'm saying take on a small business and then take the, the enterprise development spend, the supplier development spend, the, you know, all of, all of these CSI, all of those monies. Train and develop or put learnerships and so forth in place to handhold, but give them access to market because they don't have the access to market. Nobody's buying from them, you know. And yes, we might be taking, and I see this in, in my coaching, sometimes guys do get on the, on the supplier databases, but the reality of it is, the point of it is, they don't get, it, the, they get squeezed first and foremost to like ridiculous. I mean, I, I've literally sat with, with people in the last months with their coaching and stuff where they are being squeezed on price on all of those. They cannot compete, compete with the big suppliers. They cannot compete on that level. Yet they get penalized on that level, right? And it's, it's um, you know, you're right, Andile. Access to market is, is more important than funding. But access to market as well, when, when the procurement division is dealing or the, or the business unit is dealing with the procurement of a service or a product from a small business, they need to be educated to be able to understand that that business cannot price the same as a bigger business because they, yes. they don't have the credit facilities, they don't have, you know, all of those types of things. Yeah. But very often it just gets, it just gets, and then that entrepreneur gets one or two small little orders that mm. cannot even sustain their businesses at the end of the day, right? And it's also not consistent. You know, mm. I, I know the one thing that we noticed um, in, in contracts and stuff as we were adjudicating a few months ago, um, late last year, is that very often, um, you know, any contract that you get is not for longer than a few months. And you cannot build a sustainable small business if you don't have a long-term vision with your client. Yeah. That's the reality of it because yeah. it's basically then like going to the casino every single day of your life and playing Russian roulette, to be honest, Correct. Um, Correct. if you're not getting that. So I think just from a, from a corporate and government perspective, a lot of um, education and guidance still needs to go into those things as well to be able to understand the actual realities of the small business at the end of the day. And I, I personally, I mean, you know, we, we, we all very okay to be able to do uh, um, 
you know, we, we accredited to be able to do corporate training. And I think it's our responsibility as small business coaches to actually go back to corporate and say, this is our experience. This is what we know is happening. How do we alongside you, assist you in putting your policies and things in place in order to circumvent these things and to make space for credible, sustainable businesses in the long run and not just, you know, sticking a Band-Aid on, um, in, on, on the shoulders. Mantini, it's a, it's, a, it's a big one. It's, it's a big problem because, uh, you know, I'm thinking every time when I, when I, when I look at this, um, we always preach against, and, and you, 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 you know how, um, how much I'm against this whole uh, tenderpreneurship business model that doesn't work and that. But the problem is that um, a lot of entrepreneurs and that are even forced into that business model. They are forced yeah. into a business model of being um, a tenderpreneur. And, yeah. uh, and they, are, they are being put in a space where um, they are told that, look, um, you are competing with Martin for the same tender year in, year out. It is a competition with Martin and we are trying to see uh, between me and Martin who is going to get it. And that's what the problem is because it shouldn't be about that. So more of the programs that government should be looking at and thinking about, it's where they sit down and they say, we want a size of this corporate to give this job. So what we're going to do, we are going to take 15 small businesses and make them build this giant that is going to give us the services for the next coming 10 years. When you do that, then you are bringing real impact and real change into small businesses. But this nonsense of coming in and uh, having us um, fight for a RFQ of 80,000 rent and that, which we're going to do only once, um, what have you actually done? So we are creating, the government is creating the hand-to-mouth entrepreneurs and that and come back later and blame people for it when you haven't created access to market so i say first give them a job bundle them together have them supply the government with a service that is critical from there on take them create a market for them outside when that is done how do you create that market through the legislation you need, as a business that does so much and so much turnover, you have to spend so much money in this and that, and that's law. So when yeah. you do that way, you are getting them into sustainable market. Because access to market, it's not just as easy as saying, we called you into a conference and we called uh, uh, potential clients into that conference and get yourself a business. No, because the problem is that those, provide, those uh, 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 particular possible clients are st still have no reason to buy from the same people that are put in the same room with them. When they get into that room, they look at them as people who don't have the capacity to meet their demand. So it's, it's, it's just playing with people's lives. We need to be serious. The government needs to be serious if they are to improve business and make things uh, change. Yep. Wonderful. Uh, lots of thought, food for thought, like they say. And uh, we shall continue the battle. This time, I'm not going to be sparring you in a boxing ring. We need to be sparring outside the boxing ring. I was thinking about it earlier on, Lucas. I will yeah. meet you in the boxing ring as soon as That's lockdown nice. is over. We've been hesitating for far too long, but we'll, we'll take That's this nice. message. I would love that. Um, <laughs> But you know what? Thank you so much. Are there any questions, guys? One or two questions um, before we allow Dr. Malloy to to leave. Um, if there's anything, if not, please, you know where to find us. Um, um, you know, just pop us a, a direct message. Um, you know, I'm 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 serious when I say we're here to help. We try and answer each and every single request that comes through. 
We know it's extremely trying times for you at the moment. Um, so therefore, we're creating these, um, you know, these talks just to be able to stay in touch with you and just to be, give, to be able to give you a little bit of a glimmer of hope. Um, all I can say to you is we are resilient as South Africans. We have what it takes. Invest in yourself. Believe in yourself and weather the storm and let's weather the storm together. Um, so um, this, you know, we will be saving um, this live on our on our on our, our Instagram page, but it'll also be going through to our um, to my podcast, which is um, Intercourse Podcast, available on all um, podcast channels: um, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Please, guys, go there. And just go and listen to it again. There are, um, you know, there are always things that we miss when we go through. Um, thank you, um, Rayanne. Um, we, we're happy to share our pearls of wisdom. Um, we appreciate your support um, coming in. And thanks to everyone, um, you know, for, for, for continuously coming here and for keeping us true to our word. Um, please do follow um, Lucas on his um you know, on his social media platforms. Um, and, you know, just to let you guys know that, um, you know, there's a lot more where this comes from. So he's always also sharing and very freely doing so. So please, you do have access to him on his social media platforms. I'm really throwing you under the bus now, eh, my friend? <laughs> I see that. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we well, do, we said, right? we said we want to do this and, um, yeah. So he signed up for it. We signed up for it. We signed up for it. So thank you, everyone. Thanks again, Lucas. Um, we really appreciate your wisdom. And, you know, um, as soon as lockdown's over, we'll see each other. But, you know, we'll stay in touch. I know that we're always a phone call away. Um, but thanks a million for everything. Thanks, everyone. Stay. What, what must you do? You know what you must do, right? Stay at home. Stay, stay at home. <laughs> I said it's stay awesome. <laughs> Stay calm. And thirdly, stay at home. Um, and and let's, prepare, let's prepare ourselves while we're there with, you know, with some of the things. Just go and do the hard work and actually go and do the, the due diligence on your business and your organization. And be honest about it for once in your life and, you know, and, and take it forward from there. But thanks, everyone. So we'll see you back here on Wednesday evening. I'm going to be joined by an amazing, amazing person, sister. Um, and we're going to be talking social media for small businesses. So please, oh, yes, absolutely, Phoenix Rising, stay woke. Um, we're going to be talking small business and small business as a tool for, um, for entrepreneurs and, you know, just the things that you can do and we're all learning as we go along, but um, we are here to discuss those things together. So I'll be um, be joined by a wonderful, wonderful guest, and you don't you don't want to be missing out of it out on it. So we'll see you back here on Wednesday evening at seven p.m. Stay awesome, guys. Love you. Love you. Bye bye.